Welcome to another episode of The Good Sign with me, your host, Donna Simintov. Thank you so much for tuning in to this very special episode that I am thrilled to be sitting here with a friend who I have known for so long. She's a childhood friend. We were just reminiscing about our days on the school bus and the memories are flooding, right? They're flooding in. It's crazy. Please, Malky Gordon Hirsch. I am so thrilled that you're sitting here with me. Say hello to our audience. Hi. Hi, everybody. Welcome. Thank you for having me. It is a pleasure to have you sitting here with me today because, like I said, I've known you for so long. And I think walk, and of course, I've seen you like on social media. Somehow, I haven't seen you live, which is crazy because we don't live that far away. I know. I've never bumped into you. I know. Like Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. Yeah. In the hustle and bustle of life, we've never seen each other. So today, walking into her house, I think I had a moment where we both stared at each other's faces. You know that moment where you see someone and you're like, oh, that's the face that I remember. Yeah. And it's now however many years later. Oh, gosh. I know. 25, 30 years. Right. And yeah. thank God so much has happened. Yeah. And life. life has definitely happened and we have so much to be grateful for. Absolutely. And there's a lot that's happened and transpired that has, you know, forced us to grow up. Yes. Okay. So I really wanted to sit down with you because I find I really do find you fascinating because I was just asking Malky before, like, how did this all happen for you and how did this all get started for you? I watch you and I watch you bake. I happen to know, I happen to love food. I'm okay. a foodie. You're a foodie. I love when people say that. They like so You know what that means <laughs> what to does me? It mean? That I eat like a pig. <laughs> It's the wrong definition. I know foodie probably means something else. Then you're else. hanging out in the wrong house. You should be a, you should be on Barnard Avenue if you like if you like food. Right. So now I'm gonna be coming. More, and now you I found out. Hello, you're down the block from work. I just found out literally that she works so close to me. I'm gonna be coming this here for your lunch. lunch break. You'll be this wa- is your official lunch. You're gonna break. walk in. I'll be sitting here <laughs> chowing down. I'm not Leftovers. kidding. Leftovers. Yes. I'm not kidding. Hello. Okay. There's always food. I love to eat. So for me, and I, but but I I'm not really a big dessert person, okay. and I don't. I don't like to bake. I don't like to potchke. I don't like to bake. Okay. So when I watch you, it is like watching art and artistry and especially seeing the end result. It's like therapy to watch the end result. Yeah. I'm like, wow, that is unbelievable. Yeah. So Malky, there's so much history in how this all happened. Give us like a brief understanding of how did it happen that this wonderful, lovely girl turns out to be this incredibly talented cook and baker. Okay. So, um... How did it start? Basically, um, I had a little bit of an identity crisis when I left my job in the city. I was working in marketing, um, which is, I guess, pretty similar in what I do now, a a different capacity. I was uh, working in an artist agency. I was um, representing artists and I was, you know, filling up their their calendars, um, marketing their work. Um, on a daily basis and it was really very satisfying to me and I felt very good about it, but it wasn't very conducive to being a mother mm-hmm. as well. Left my job after five years and found myself with a lot of time in my hands. I had a little bit of an identity crisis and I decided that I was going to put all of my energy with this newborn baby on my, by my side in learning how to cook. How, wait, how old were you at this point? I was 25, 26. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I got my real estate license, so I had something to fall back on, something that would be a little bit more flexible. Um, and uh, before you knew it, I started a little Facebook group, and a producer friend of mine who I worked with in the city had the most adorable name. I said, I need a name for my, for I my love page. I I was wondering and how you came so, up with that Right. Name. So she goes, well, you know, kiss the cook. There's kiss the cook on everything. You have kiss the cook aprons. You have like, they're everywhere. She goes, just 
put kosher in there. And I think that it's going to be just the cutest. So that's how it started. And it's stuck. And it's been, it's been probably around 12, 13 years. Wow. Um, and I am a Vorish. I love cookbook reading. I, I read cookbooks like people read novels. Um, and so I should give you my mind collect dust because oh, I'm the serious? kind of cook that I, never follows a recipe. I only oh my just, God. I've never followed a recipe. I'm so by the book. Wow. I am so by the book. But so funny. Attract. Isn't that funny? Yes. Yeah. But not when it comes to baking. Baking is a science and you need to follow. And I don't bake. Yes. There's a reason bake. that you don't bake because you reason. know yourself. I can't Cooks do it. Cooks could like really just improvise in the kitchen. You could. Absolutely. If you don't yeah. have the right paprika, use different paprika. Right. Like when That's people fine. say to me, oh, how much of this? I'm like, I don't know. You're supposed to just kind of figure it out as you just go. Just a pinch. Just to just taste. A pinch. Just to taste, you know. <laughs> So, so for me, the cooking is where it started. I had a Facebook group. It was a very popular Facebook group. And then I opened my Instagram page and I have a WhatsApp group of recipe sharing called Kiss the Kosher Queens. Um, so I have, I've covered that market, like all social media channels. And um, I love sharing recipes. I love telling people when something works out and even when it doesn't work out. Um, they're equally satisfying because I feel like if I can save somebody some time and be like, that recipe guy is like... Is no. a part of your obsession with food the comfort that food actually brings people? I think that, I think that food is love. Right. I think feeding people yes. and cooking for people is an expression of love. Absolutely. And if that is something that I was able to, to do to show people how much I cared for them, that is my expression of love. Okay, now I need to ask you something. Sure. Be honest. Yeah. Is there ever a night that your kids are getting wacky mac and fish sticks? Thursday night. Wacky mac and fish sticks? Absolutely. Not like a zucchini <laughs> quiche? Not, but I made that too. Yeah, it, it, that's um, not um, no. It, it's all about balance. So you're it saying, is all about balance. So you're saying you never I make throw your hands. Then no, no, no. Okay, so my kids. So my here's the thing. Is there pizza night in this house? Thursday night's pizza night. So there's a nice wacky mac and pizza. Okay. Tuesday night is usually salmon, which my kids will never touch. Mm -hmm. um, a pasta dish, which I did penne vodka last night, and I did a zucchini um, quiche because I had zucchini. Okay. I love playing. I love playing chop competitions in my fridge. If I see something is going bad or mm. something is like not going to, then like that is my opportunity to go onto Pinterest and I'm like, oh my God. Like also I have a crazy mind when it comes to cataloging recipes. I know what recipes are in what book. Like my father, you know, my father, of my course. father has a numbers thing. My father knows phone numbers. I know, I know recipes like that. Wow. I know like the font of a cookbook. Wow. People ask me all the time, like, it's that almost like a photographic memory for, just, for the most ridiculous thing. <laughs> for, just for it really does not matter so that much. Know, I don't remember when you were a student back when. I was not a student. I don't student. think this was, I was you. Oh, no, definitely not. I not, not in the least fit. I could be wrong, but you weren't bound to I was you. not. <laughs> Saluda? Saluda. <laughs> Not even. Not even Saluda. Probably on the lower end of things. The opposite. The, the opposite. Remedial work. Yeah, stops. pretty much. Yeah, yeah. But Too um, bad they weren't asking you to memorize cookbooks right? back then. That would have been useful. That would have been for great. For me, I, yes, for sure. Anyway, so the cooking thing really went on, you know, for a while. And um, a few years ago, I, I started, like, dabbling in baking. I bought a couple of metal bun pans and, you know, I... I um, I retain a lot of information when it comes to cooking and baking because I, I just I'm just passionate about it. And when you're passionate about a, a subject, absolutely, you just immerse yes, yourself absolutely. in in all of it. Well, listen, you know I'm a teacher. That's exactly. a big part of the so way it's I information. teach. I always say, if they're motivated, they're learning. If they're not motivated, they're not learning. The thing is, for me, I'm a humongous advocate for reading. It doesn't matter what subject it is, uh -huh. but I've always been a big reader. Okay. I've always pushed reading with my kids. My I don't have all my kids are not they're not all readers, but I think that reading is the gateway to like 
the knowledge, yes. every all the information that you need, which is for me, it's such a, um, it's such a, it's it's an ironic thing that I. I, I'm so present on social media because that's sort of like the opposite, the of, opposite reading. of reading, yeah. you know, but I'm also a big reader. Yeah. So, um, it's all about balance really. Um, so back to the bun pans, I bought bun and I, you know, I've always been told with, you know, all of my information that I was retaining all about baking and cooking that metal sheet pans are the best thing to use when you're baking. So I got a couple of Nordicware metal sheet pans and, uh, bun pans. I started, you know, baking in the real thing things started coming out really well. And so I started documenting it. Oh, so you mean you didn't go through the first few times of burning things? No. You were just good from the beginning. Well, because I never used disposable foil. I'm like a major, major, when it comes to like disposable items that people like all these like kosher grocery stores. Yeah, you don't do that. Never. It well, that's the sign of a real. I feel like that's the sign of a real. It doesn't cook. retain heat. Okay. Therefore, if you make a cake in a disposable foil pa- um, thing, it's the entire inside's gonna be raw. I'll tell you something. If they taught science with food, Abs- food kids science, would love way, food science. Is a college. It's a. It's every, a major. Every science should be related course, to food. Because if you course. were learning a science lesson and you knew at the end you were gonna get a hot dog, you'd be listening. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just say hot dogs. I like hot dogs. It's so funny. I'm I do. Not a hot dog person. Oh, you're not. No. I was a vegetarian for eleven years. That is my food. Eleven I, years. Yeah. But when and I met happened? my husband, he was like, "This is not going to work." He's like, "This is a deal breaker." He forced me to start dabbling, and actually, now I eat almost everything. That's crazy. Yes. My kids never saw a hot dog. Because it's not kids. healthy, you mean? I'm not. I, I but just, turkey dogs or chicken dogs. I mean, I just I'm not don't saying like it's the healthy. way it's packaged. I get it. I, I just I, I, would, I want to identify the food that we're eating. Like, yeah, you know what I mean. Of I, course, I do. It's it's wrapped in a. To th- me, it's more about just like it's like a being like a, you know it's like gulfing it down and just uh, you know I'm just enjoying it. But yeah. you're right, it's, t- it's certainly not. I would say my favorite health. food, which is also funny because it's not something I make either. Um, I would say a sushi. Oh, yeah. Oh, we my should God. have ordered sushi too. We should have ordered Okay, next, next time. time. Let's do it. Next Let's time. have, like, order a big platter. Yes. Because we should be eating sushi right now. We should be while we're talking. See, they don't know, but we're just you know, it's chatting, but we're not eating. Some, yeah. Podcasts are great because nobody sees anything. Podcasts are great because no one sees anything, but at the same time, sometimes it's nice when you could watch. Like, sometimes I wish it did have that option. Yeah. You could, right? Is that something that you would ever do? Like, yeah, I mean, I would. A, I would yeah. 100% do okay. that. Yes. So when we do that, we won't do it with sushi. Not then, because then it's doing, hard. Yes. Yeah. That's hard to, like, actually, like. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but, but but we should have. Yeah. Okay. So I'm getting it. You bought all these expensive, beautiful items yes. for so baking, baking, and things came out great. Yes. They came out well. So Bunt Cakes was, like, the extent of my. my uh, Expertise. knowledge or my I wouldn't go anywhere else I was I wanted to stay I wanted to um, I wanted to play it safe for a while um but I always had a cake on my on my kitchen my island you see that we're mm-hmm. done with the cake so today I'm gonna make another cake okay my my cake dome always has to have a cake in it okay it's like a it's it's a crazy thing yeah it's yeah. a beautiful cake dome isn't it beautiful yeah I love it. it is so um a few years uh, two years ago a girl contacted me on Instagram and she asked me if I would attempt to make a number cake okay I've seen you do these yeah. right so it originated in Israel um, with a woman like named Adi Kadosh. Yes, yes, yes. And a little vodka bottle. She, yes. She said, listen, I, I know you don't do this, but if you could try, my husband just stopped. He just, he quit smoking, and it's his two-year anniversary of oh, being wow. smoke-free, okay. cigarette-free. And I really want to surprise him with something really great because he's been such a trooper, and I, I'm so proud of him. And I said, that is like, to me, to be involved with something I thought you were going to say so a birthday, special. but when you said that, that's yeah. even that's like wow. She's so, acknowledging the yes. two years. Yeah, that's beautiful. I thought it was so beautiful, and the reason behind it, I was like, I need to try for this girl. I want to try, so I did, and I, I I did stories on my first cake, 
and it's been two years, and um, you've made you made a bunch at this oh, point. Oh, not hundreds. Wow, hundreds. It's nonstop, and you still enjoy it. I still enjoy it, but I do. I in the beginning, I couldn't say no. Yeah. And it was taking over my life. Right. And I don't need that. Of you were all making things, number cakes all night long. All night. It was just constant. Because it's, it's, it's not, it's a multi-step process. Of course. It wasn't like you make the cookie, you make the cream, you t- it takes hours. So yeah. I would like break it up in the week and, you know, uh, adhere to a schedule. And so, but. So in the process, you're, you're also saying that you have to learn how to say no. Yes. Because it was That's becoming. That's a big one. That's a big one. Yeah, it was consuming me. And like, instead of having time with my kids sitting on the couch or, you know, talking to them about their day, I was, I mean, I was still here, which is what I love about this whole baking thing. I'm always present. I'm mm-hmm. always here. Yeah. And my kids see that I'm just, if I'm not nurturing them personally, I'm, listen, there's always food on the table. There's always dinner ready. But I'm always here and I'm mm-hmm. always doing work for people that is meaningful and it's always for a happy occasion. And that makes me like feel very good about being involved in some way in somebody's very like, rewarding. Some it's very rewarding. I mean, the truth is what you just said is so true also because I think so many of us, especially as women, I mean, I'm sure men too and dads, but I feel like often we feel so pulled between wanting to be with our children, yes. right? Yes. And then we're always just so busy with a hundred million other things. Yeah. That's what you should just know. It's funny that I'm even thinking of this. That's why I love that my washing machine and dryer is actually right off my kitchen. By the way. Because all I do is laundry. Yes. I basically breathe and I do laundry. Well, you've got four children. And occasionally I use the restroom. It makes, but <laughs> it makes sense. For the yeah. most part, is yeah. it's a daily thing, okay? okay? And I always think like, yeah, I know the fancier houses have the washing machine and dryer upstairs or like the updated houses have a beautiful basement where they have their laundry room. And my house... Has it right off the kitchen, but you know what? I wouldn't trade it for anything. I love a ground floor washer. They're dryer. eating dinner and I'm throwing in a load. So smart. They're doing their homework. I'm putting stuff in the dryer. It's because great. That's what you're. That's what you're describing, yeah. right? I'm always present. I'm always here. My kids are never asking, "Where's mommy? Where's mommy?" I'm not getting phone calls because I'm I'm literally in my kitchen right. all the time. Yeah. Um. It's busy work, and in a in a way, the busy work has saved me. Like the work that, at least I I because you know as you know the past year has been a very Trying. trying year for us and something that really kept me just going was that just that work like and and, and it's it's very cathartic it's 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 a very cathartic feeling to like have like that one two three step process where at least I'm not sitting on the couch thinking about things it's very methodical it's methodical and it yeah. really does you know there is something to be said for you know filling and it doesn't have to be like, like I said before, it doesn't have to constantly be, yes, 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 I'm going to do it. I, I, I will accept a few orders a week. I know what I can handle and the rest will, you know, I can always just refer out to other people and I'm glad, I'm happy to do that. I'm happy to teach people how to do this so they can do it for themselves. I think it's extremely empowering and I get flooded every day, um, my DMs with, um, how do I do this? How do I do that? The cream isn't, you know, thick like yours, Help, you know. But if I can that, help but you, isn't that so tedious and time consuming? It's the, so that, that time aspect consuming. of it. Oh my god, for sure. And sometimes I don't get to answer questions okay. until at night. You know, when I'm when I'm going when my kids are sleeping and mm-hmm. I'm in bed. That and, independent. Absolutely. Oh my god, that time of day. How how we meet? Let's talk for a minute as moms about that time of day. Oh my god. When you really know they're not coming out of yes. bed. Not when you said goodnight. Because yes. then there's still an hour. Uh, of my them rule coming. is that you go to your room at nine o'clock. Whatever you do up until. I'm going to check on you at 10, 1030 is your choice. That's so funny. I have this a very Absolutely. similar kind of thing. Yeah. I just want that time alone. Yes. Sometimes it's just to think. Yes. I feel like my brain finally thinks of a thought when, when, I, when I'm I alone. Know. I right? know. Do you know how long it takes me to like read a book these days? Oh. 
I know. I know. I'm a big reader too. <laughs> yes, I'll go through it, but I'll. I have to keep paragraph. renewing it. Oh, oh, yes. And I'm like, I just, I think I just read that one, right? Me like, too. Yeah. Or if I forget to save the place, mm. I'll just go back and read two chapters and be like, wait, this wait, sounds familiar. Yes. Is this yes. a movie I saw? Oh yes. no, I read these chapters. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay, yeah. so we're all the same. Yeah. Mothers. Okay, so Malki, let's backtrack for mm-hmm. a minute because you kind of sped over something that's very meaningful and important, yeah. right? And obviously, many of our listeners love you and know you, but I'm sure there are some listeners that don't know you. Right. I mean, they would love you, but they don't know you <laughs> to, enough to love you yet. So can you just very quickly tell us, well, not very quickly, but just tell us, like, what happened about a year ago in your life that was life-changing for yeah. you? And then we could elaborate from there on how you managed to just, you know, survive and persevere and come out stronger on the other side. So um, last March 27th, um, I was in a grocery store uh, in Woodmere. And I remember exactly my thought process. It's an amazing thing that like when something that life altering happens, it's like hearing a song from your past and knowing exactly where you heard that song the first time. Mm -hmm. It takes you back to your childhood. But this moment, the moment where I remember thinking to myself, oh, they're switching over the, the store for Pesach. And I don't know where my chili sauce is because right. I have my meatballs. Those are, that's dreadful and I got time, that yeah. right. I got that phone call. It was my husband's partner. Um, and just a note about my husband's work schedule: I did not hear from him all day. It was very, very commonplace for me to say, you know, goodbye to him at six a.m., seven a.m. when he would go to Minion. He'd come home at eight. In between at if, night. At night. Right. So you wouldn't I, speak. No, that was normal. It was normal. Okay. I got a call from my husband's partner's cell phone, which was so odd, and I answered the phone, and I was informed that um, my husband had had a cardiac arrest, and they were working on him, so that was a hotel member that called from my husband's partner's phone. Um, I ran out of the store. I had a full car. They must have thought I was crazy, and I remember, like, you ever see a, somebody, a writer, describe their stomach dropping? Yeah. That, that actually yeah. happens. Your stomach drops. Yeah. It's the craziest feeling. I mean, I'm just remembering it, catastrophes I've had with my children. Yeah. Where there was like, you're, you're running to the ER for yeah. whatever. You're, so yeah, the physical feeling of the, yes. Yeah. I remember feeling it's hungry. It's not attached to you. No. I remember feeling hungry. In fact, I got sushi. It was in my cart. And when I got that call, I ran out. And I instantly was not hungry anymore. Mm-hmm. And that was crazy to me also. There were a couple of thoughts that I was thinking while I was running to the house. Were you alone? I was alone. Okay. I was alone and I thought to myself, maybe I shouldn't get into the car. And the guy on the other end said to me, tell me your location and I'll have a bus pick you up. And I was not willing to accept that from him because I basically was denying that this was happening. I said, you know what? I'm going to come meet you. You tell me How where you are. How far away was it? It was Brooklyn. Oh, wow. I called my mother-in-law and we run to Brooklyn I don't know what we were thinking she was driving very erratically I don't know I don't know why I thought to myself it was a good idea but I at that point in time wasn't willing to accept that this was my reality I wasn't willing to accept that this was actually happening and it didn't happen but on that drive to Brooklyn were you making phone calls were making you making phone were you calls doing? and they were telling us that you know he was still alive they were still working on him but you know the drive from the five towns to Brooklyn takes at least 35 minutes. And the silence in the car in between the phone calls was so telling. But there was so much weight to it that my mother and I, we couldn't talk about it until we were parked. Mm-hmm. And we were asked to go to my sister-in-law's house. And 
that was another indication to me that things weren't good. Weren't, gonna, weren't good because obviously they would have told me to go to a hospital, but they didn't. I knew all of this on the drive there, but again, like your is there hope? Your your body, your mind, your heart, it protects you. It does something to you to make you move almost, on almost move like, not denial but almost a certain numbness yeah that yeah. allows you to propel forward and face whatever yeah. is waiting for you yeah right yeah. yeah yeah so we did that until we were sitting your mother-in-law was doing that too she was doing that too okay she was doing that too she's she's a master my mother-in-law is amazing my mother-in-law has been through like i said four years earlier my father-in-law died very suddenly it was six weeks he was sick for six weeks. That is a blip. And yeah, I understand, you know, once you come, get down to it, you think to yourself like, oh, but that's better. At least you had to. No. There's no such better There is worse. no better. There's no, no worse. No better or worse. <laughs> it's all pretty bad. Right. But the sudden nature of this, the fact that he was 40 years old, the fact that he wasn't sick, the fact that he went to work and didn't come home, all play a, a part of our healing and our recovery that is way more... It just took a lot more. It took a lot more than having somebody, a family member that's sick that you say, your mind will go there. What if? What if? What if? It's going to, it'll be a fleeting thought in your mind and you might shoo it away, but it's still a possibility. There is no possibility when on a Wednesday, your husband leaves for work and then doesn't come it's home. It's not even in the realm of the thought. No, I mean, right. it's There's not. No, right. It's not. It's not even like when your loved one takes a flight and you're like, have a safe flight and no. you have some nerves. No. Yes. This is... Like you said, you were in gourmet light deciding what sushi to get. Yeah. That was your thought process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, sitting there, being told, and then getting, I guess, I start getting text messages because obviously wildfire. Something here, somebody hears something like this. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh. Right. I have to come home. My kids are gathered from school to come home. I have to tell them with the guidance. I have to tell them. Ha- right, I guess now. Now I'm actually really like my. I mean, you can't see me. My, you could see me, Monkey. You guys can't see me. I just had a shift because hearing her story, I'm feeling. I'm, I'm walking through it with her, and I'm feeling her as a wife. You know, but then when you just said my children, it took on a whole new layer of unimaginability in my mind. You know, adults live through life enough to know that. You know what? Things are hurtful, but I can get through this. I could do it. Yep. Kids, I. The and it's funny that you would think that the word that I would describe, you know, I the guilt I felt, I felt guilty having to do this to them, mm-hmm. even though this was out of my control. This is God's plan. This is not what I wanted. Mm-hmm. I could never have wanted something like this. I, I I this is something that was never in. This was never. In my realm of thinking. But you felt guilty because you couldn't protect them. I couldn't. And you you want to give them the best. And now you're giving them less than the best. Less than the best. It's literally... The worst. The worst. It is the worst possible scenario. And you you have... Did you go through anything... I'm sorry if I'm asking a stupid question. I'm just... I'm experiencing this as you're telling it to me. Was there ever like a feeling of like, I don't want to tell them. That's going to make it too real. I don't want to tell them. I was... At that moment, and I'm so thankful for this, I was so numb... Your emotions are not what you think they will be. They're not. When my mother-in-law heard the news, I didn't have the same reaction as her. My mother-in-law, she screamed. I, I did not scream. I called my babysitter. I told her. I, I made some calls. I did what I had to do because yeah. I knew that, like, okay, 
I know eventually it's going to kick in, but um, until then, this is what we got to do. Right. We have to do this, 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 A, B, C, D. We got to get this done. I got home. My kids were there. None of the, not all of them understood that. You, they're different ages. They're different so ages. Like- I had, I had, he, my oldest was 11, and then I had a nine-year-old, and then I had a seven-year-old, and a four-year-old, and a, a, one that's a year and a half. The little ones, obviously the baby doesn't know. Um, David, he totally got it right away. And David and Nissen, the two older ones, um, the the pain, the crying, the raw emotion that they had to move, move through mm-hmm. for the first couple of months is something... I would never have, I would never want to experience again. It's, it's so much worse than being in my, in myself and having to deal with it myself. I know I could do it. No, your child's pain is. There's nothing like it. It's. I mean, and on a minuscule, minute level. Yeah. I mean, I mean, really like uh, on a minuscule level, I know that like if one of my kids was embarrassed by a teacher or their friend didn't invite yes. them to the party. Yes. So and even if that. they've gotten over yeah. it, I'm physically ill up all night with literally my stomach's in pain and I feel like I can't breathe. I have no appetite. So lahav deal. That's what you're trying to say. And that's, I think, also why your, your reaction probably was on pause because you've got this other... I, honestly, I couldn't even go there. I couldn't even... My, my heart and my brain and my emotions, I couldn't even go there because it was so... It was shocking and it was sudden and it was really unbelievable. It is unbelievable. And it still is. It still is. I mean, look at my reaction. I'm literally crying because I don't talk about this every day. I, 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 I go through the motions. I do what I have to do. But yes, there are quiet times when I write. There are quiet times at, the, at night when I think when I'm not baking. There are little, those little pockets of time where I'll finally realize where I am in my life. And yeah, it could. Yeah, it it. It puts me here. It, it gets open, me. It opens up that oh. box that oh, you yeah. keep sealed. Yeah. And by the way, when Malky just said when she writes, just in case you're not aware, Malky has this article that she's been writing. Is, has it been ever since ever since he passed away? I started writing very very shortly after, maybe a few weeks after, and it was just like a, it was like an Instagram post. And then as as a, I would I would send it to my father just just to basically tell him like this is what is making me feel like I can get through my day. And I'm sharing it. I shared it with my therapist and I share it with my father. Uh, after a couple of different essays, he asked me if I could start putting it in the paper. And uh, initially I thought to myself, I was like, that's silly because people are going to think that because I'm your daughter, you're putting it in. He's like, no, I, I really think it's good. Good. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, that's what I said to you before. So like I read your column every single week. Actually, on Friday, when the papers are on the coffee table, because I yeah. picked them up on Thursday, yeah. I often can't wait. In all honesty, really, um, yeah. So I'll quickly just because it's always on the cover, but then it yeah. continues. So Friday, I'm cooking, and then I'm just like, let me just, <laughs> let me just quickly read it now. Um, and it's it, there's you know it's funny because there's an honesty and a um, like a, a candidness that you bring to the column. That now that I'm talking to you live, it's that same it's that same quality. It's it's who you are. It's unfiltered. It's unfiltered. It's a, yeah. And it's, like we said, anyone can relate. 
to dealing with something difficult and having to deal with something difficult because hey we all have something that we're going through and dealing with yeah often I get a premise people will, will approach me and they'll say I can't compare my life story to yours or the things that I'm going through with you and I always I always will say to them your journey and your story is as important to you as mine is to me and it doesn't doesn't make yours less important. It doesn't make what you're suffering with less suffering or or less stressful in your life. It is your story. It's your journey. And, like, I, and I often tell people yeah. when I'm dealing with my clients in terms of like life coaching or something, I'm always saying, people are like, oh, I feel bad. I've heard this a lot, especially religious people. Oh, I feel bad complaining oh. because, oh, I feel bad to fetch. Oh, I shouldn't complain. I'm so lucky. Or they fail the, or, or people feel the need to first tell you how grateful they are before yes. they're allowed to then tell yes. you what's upsetting to them. And I'm always <coughs> saying like, Feeling upset or worried or anxious or, or, you know, whatever feeling you're experiencing, like, it doesn't take away from the fact that you feel blessed. Like, yes. okay, we, you, you could that, feel blessed, but way, you're, allowed, you're allowed to feel unhappy. Absolutely. And like you said, it doesn't have to be a monumental unhappiness. No. No, the fact that you may not have enough money to pay your bills is, is, is big. Or the fact that you're dealing with something with one of your kids, that's big. Whatever it is, it's your issue. It's big. And that's actually something that you just mentioned that is such a surprise to me in this new this new normal life that we lead, our new normal, um, is that there are these times in my life, in our life as a family without my husband, that I really didn't think in the beginning we would be able to get there. And we were. And that is, I think, I, I, I would love for it to be comforting to people that are going through hard times with either illness or it could be divorce. It could be whatever they're dealing with. There is going to be happiness again. Your kids are going to be happy and they're going to be carefree and they're still going to be kids. There are moments in my life today that I have immense gratitude for today, for things that happened today. And you question how that's possible that I could still have that. And I think that being so close to somebody that this happened to at such a sudden, you know, time in his life you realize that nothing is given like nothing is a given like this stuff can be taken away in an instant so every morning when I wake up I am so thankful I'm so thankful and then my kids wake up and like you never really understand like how how important it is to like really have gratitude for every single blessing you have in your life because More life, than is, ever. life is so fragile. It is so fragile. It is fleeting. Things happen and you think to yourself, but that wasn't supposed to happen. But it was. You're not informed. You're human. So can you I ask know. you something? What, what, what do you say to people yeah. who do deal with something difficult and a challenge could be very personal to them, whatever it is, right? How do you not let that affect your emuna? How do you not let that affect your belief in God or in the purpose of things or in why things happen or how, how do you separate, how do you, I guess, hold on and, and come out stronger? How does it not? I think I would like to believe in my life and in my role as a from woman that has a very deep belief in God that he does what's best for us. And even if we don't understand it, even if it hurts. Even if it really hurts. And I don't see the next chapter. I don't know what's going to happen in my life. I have to believe that he has, he has a plan for me. 
he has a plan. And that's called, that's faith. That's Amuna. That's it. I have faith in God that he's going to lead me to whatever my next chapter is. So we don't have to understand it. No. We don't have to like it. We are human. It doesn't we have to feel good. We are not wired to understand this stuff. This right. is not our role in life. Right. If we understood it, we'd be godly. Exactly. And we're not. And we're not. We're not. We're programmed as humans yes. to have a human and the thing, understanding. The thing with human nature is that you have control over certain things in your life and your day-to-day goings-on. So you have this impression that you have more control than you really do and you don't. You really don't. You could schedule a vacation. You can go on a flight somewhere and make right. it happen. Right. But you just don't know when a loved one is going to get sick and die or when uh, there's going to be an accident. And I'm not saying to live your life with that caution, thinking that things are always... But I'm just saying that we are human and we don't have the answers. That's that's God's role. So. And I think what you're describing when, you're, when you say about you're a woman that has a lot of emuna and a lot yeah. of connection and faith in God, it's like, I think for a lot of people... Our connection with God is like, be good to me, be good to me, okay, I love you, be good to me, be good to me, okay, I love you. Don't hurt me, don't, right? But that's not what real faith is. No. That's not what real faith is. Real faith is saying, you just dealt me a really tough card, but I still believe in what you're going to do is the best for me. That's faith. I still love you. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes sense because the truth is when things do happen that are hard. What happens when a kid does something wrong and the parent punishes him? He doesn't like it. It's no, painful for him. He hates him. it. Right. Yeah. And he thinks you don't love him in that moment. Right. But you've never loved him more. No. And it pains you to have to pain him, but you know what's best for him. Exactly. That's God. That's God. And that's, that's the God. way it works. Yeah. And you have to you have to have that you have to know that in your core. Yeah. And you don't have to wait for something bad to happen Absolutely to make you wake up. Absolutely. I had this impression, I, I would think about this in, in the really in the early days after this happened, I thought to myself, we're good people. Maishi gave Tzedakah. He gave more Tzedakah than he should have. We, we, we he davened. He, he davened three times a day. We, we, we're from family. We, we followed all of the halachos. We kept Shabbos the right way. We did everything we had to do. How Why do you, us? Why how, me? How do you repay somebody like this? That's not right. Right. That's not how it works. It's just not. You know, when you say that, I, I, I love every Shabbat. I love reading the parsha Because yeah. for me, um, I find... Now, I never used to be this way, but I find now, ever since I turned 40, I need to connect with my religion in a way that makes sense to me. Yeah. So now when I read the Parsha, I'll look at like, what happens to the, to the, you know, Avram Sagako, what, what's going on with our forefathers and foremothers in the Torah in a way that makes them human and relatable. And what you just said is exactly what I see all the time. These are people that were at the height of holiness, at the height of they've achieved greatness, and, and, and God loved them, and God was proud of them, right? They were amazing people, and they were challenged more than anyone. More than anyone. So, Moshe Rabbeinu? Moshe Rabbeinu. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Look what he had to do. So I wrote an article, I think it was, about going to a rabbi in Brooklyn, and he basically, oh, my God. It's funny how... Like, your brain does this. Like, where I was still numb. It was only about six weeks after my died. So I, I went because I, I wanted him to give me answers. And the first thing he said to me when I sat there, was he said, you want answers? And I'm like, God, I can't give those answers. But I'm going to ask you one question, and you're going to think about it, and think it as long as you need to think before you answer. But I want you to think about this. Are you in or are you out? 
I love this article. And I remember this. Right. And he talked about Moshe Rabinu and how God basically said to him, yes, you've done a lot of work for Bnei Israel. I really appreciate it, but you're not going to Eretz Israel. Your, 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 your life's work, your, your life's, life's passion, work, your mission the was culmination to go. of everything that you've sacrificed, yeah. it ain't happening. Yeah, Yehoshua's going to sell you, so yeah. sorry about yeah. that. There it is, by the way. Yeah. A tease. There it is. Yeah. You've gotten this far, but you're not going yeah. in. But he blindly accepted what he had to. That was that was God's will. That was God's plan for him. And, and are you in or are you out? Yeah. Because being in, and that's what I think a, bit, a lot of us, oh my gosh, Malachi, we could do a whole podcast just on religion because what, our, our lives as religious women, okay, we're so like used to our life that I think we very seldom stop and say, what is all this? Like, what am I doing? <laughs> yes. We think our, we, we almost are convinced that our religious life means that we shop in gourmet glot and that we make sure that our shit is styled it's a certain autopilot. way. Sure. It's autopilot. Definitely. And I think that that's why I read the Parsha, because I want to stop and say, one minute, it's not about that. Yes, that's a side effect. Yes. That reminds me of who I am, by keeping kosher, by dressing, whatever it is, right? But the real, the real authenticity of religion is what you just described and what Moshe endured. It's just believing in something higher than yourself and understanding Absolutely. that whatever my mission and plan is, I, I put my hands up and I say, God, you yes. are in control. Yes, yes, exactly. But do we forget that? Uh- I forget it too. We get so inundated with tuition bills and doctor's <laughs> with li- appointments. With life. With life. Life is life is. Busy. But I always say, and I say this to my husband a lot, if you're going to live a life of a religious person, right? If you're going to accept that, you're going to wake up in the morning and you're going to have to say certain tefillah. You're going to have to dress a certain way. You're going to have to wear a certain thing on your head. You can only eat certain foods. You can only talk to certain people. You have to, right? Yeah. Every moment of our day revolves around this. Yes. If you're already buying into that, why not really like connect with the God behind it? Absolutely. And not just buy into like the stuff. There's a lot of stuff. There's so much There's stuff. There's a lot of stuff to get to that core. You got to like move aside. You know, remember Lomans had such great stuff? Yeah. Once in a while you'd find that that piece, but you got to go through a lot of you stuff. You had to step over stuff on the floor. Oh my God, it was everywhere. Uh-huh. That's religion. That's a great, that's <laughs> a great example. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of fluff. There's a lot of things that... Maybe don't matter as much as you think they do. But you gotta get to the core. You gotta get to the core. And if you and if you make your way to the core, you're yeah. gonna find that amazing gown. Yeah. And and you're and you're gonna put it on and feel beautiful. And then it has but, meaning. You're like, oh my god, that's yes. yeah, yeah. I've never compared Lomans to religion, <laughs> but if you I don't have mind, really funny analogies. Malfi, I, yeah. I may use that. <laughs> Please I do. may use that. Please do. I will you can even you. use Daffy's. Daffy's is also another favorite. Oh my god, oh, Daffy's. Wow. That was so good. You're right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I happen to be like a really cheap shopper. Like I shop at Mandy's yeah. and no, TJ Maxx. And, TJ Maxx and Marshalls and is you know my what? favorite. Yes. And yeah. I often wear stuff and people are like, where did you? People actually, people don't ask me. This is the beauty. They just say to me, oh my God, Bloomingdale's. And I just nod. Yeah. I nod in small because it's not really a lie if you nod in small. Exactly. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a lie of omission. It's yes, not the same exactly, kind of lie. Exactly. So amazingly, amazingly, you've been through something. Your kids have been through something. I mean, and I'm... I'm a big fan of yours, and so I've been watching you, and I do see happy-go-lucky, adorable, smiling children, yeah. which many of you listening are thinking, yes, if somebody put that food before me, I'd also be very happy. <laughs> <laughs> but the truth is, is that it's a testament to you yeah. and your strength yeah. as a human and as a mother that you're able to bring that light and that simplicity back into their lives. Absolutely. And it, by the way, want. yeah, it's, by the way, it's something that like, I didn't realize right away but as as I, you know, moved through this grief, um, something that um, I would get comments from people 
widows and widowers that would come through my door, that would come to visit friends of mine, that would, to me, pay me the highest compliment that I have received in my adult life. And they would say, your house is happy and your kids are still happy. How did you do that? And, you know, when a kid is um, afraid of a dog or a pet, it's usually because the parent has a, a... an, a reaction, a physical reaction, a fear, and it's going to be um, manifested, past, so manifested yeah. in the child. Right. Always. If you have a fear of something, you're going to pass that down to your children. And they're not going to even realize why they're scared. They're just going to see their mother or whoever is, you know, in, you know, taking care of them. And they're going to, that's, that's, they're going to be their, their reaction to that pet, dog, animal, whatever. It's the same thing with fear. Any fear, really. Um, When my kids come home, I am truly happy. And they, they know this. And that is the, that's, that's the same. That's, they're happy. I'm happy. They're happy. They never come into this house and feel like, you know, since this happened, um, things are hopeless and life is not going to be, um, the same beautiful life that it could be. They, and, and I guess that's what it is just being positive and also normalcy. Um, always having food on the table at the same time, dinners, company, Shabbos is always busy and it's always here. We always have Shabbos here. The minion we always had in our house remains. My, she died on a Wednesday. We had minion here that Friday. That was it. Unbelievable. So, so that routine and that routine structure is so important. Routine is the most important thing to and I'm so, healing. Oh, I'm so glad you're saying that. Yeah. It reminds me of what we said before yeah. when we weren't podcasting, right. which is bring me back to that. That was a great point we made. Remember what we said? Right. Normalcy. About, about it's the normalcy mm-hmm. that ends up helping you survive. Absolutely. And what I was saying, what's so ironic, mm-hmm. is that how often in life. Do we resent our normalcy, right? Absolutely. We feel like, I hate this house. I hate this schedule. I and you might it. actually think that you have to change. People, yeah. when they go through a trauma like this, a lot of times they'll either cut their hair or they'll they're going to move. Yeah. They'll move. That's a big one. I'm telling you that the key to our survival was getting back to normal as soon as possible. As soon as possible. They've had enough change in their life. More change than they'd ever want and never needed they never needed this but everything else up till this point everything else is going to be the same as it's always been that's it we're not changing anything and what happens on a day where you don't have the strength to make it normal i have such support and um there aren't days like that i know people are always say you know uh, i got a bunch of these uh, a lot of a lot of books thrown my way after this happened. Option B was one of those books. Um, it's about a woman that her husband died in a very similar manner, cardiac arrest, and um, she worked, I think, for Facebook. I, I forgot her name, but she, it's a very popular book. Um, so one day she had a school play for her child, and she was talking to a friend and saying, I, I don't want to go without my husband. I want him to be there. And her friend was said, listen, Option A is not available. So we're going to kick the blank out of option B. Option A is no longer on the table. We're going to do option B. I love that. Right. So, so for me, in my life, with my family, there is no option. 
there's only option A. This is all we do. I, there isn't a day where I can just say like, I'm throwing in the towel, I gotta go upstairs, I have to lay down. My kids cannot see me that, like that. I refuse to accept, I will not do that to them. But that's my personal mm-hmm. journey. There's no, right, there's no right, right there's or wrong. There's no wrong. right or wrong. No, no it's, a, it's definitely, it's a, per, per, it's a preference and you know, everybody has to do with their own thing. But if there's a time where I don't have that energy and whatever, I can call a friend. I can call, I have, I have four brothers and a sister. Who are amazing. Every night, mm-hmm. one of my brothers comes here. So there is a male figure in my house. It could be as simple as watching the game with my boys. It could be taking them out to ice cream. It could be taking them to Minion. My son has been saying Kaddish the whole year. He hasn't missed one Minion. Not one. And he's 12, Mm -hmm. you know? And he put that upon himself. It was not something forced upon him. But it's um, a connection that he feels to Maishi. And it was very important for him to never miss. And... Maishi was the same with his father when he was a chiv. So I, I, I get that Maishi, the David saw that in Maishi. And so that is his, it's like a, it's like a invisible connection that yeah. he has to his father, right. you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I was so thankful that a kid his age, he could have gone a different way. He could have been very bitter and angry at the world and at God for taking his father away so young. But he hasn't been. And I have to tell you, I think it must be the support that we have, the love that we have from our friends and family. Um, it has to be also within him. It has to be. Uh, it's also God. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And, you know, so it's It's a combination it's of It's a combination of, of everything. Things. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, like I said before, you see these little blessings in your life and you would never think to yourself, a blessing, that's a blessing. I'm dealing with this... Huge life change, being a single mother with five children at a time I never anticipated being. I thought to myself, what, you know, 75, 80 years old, we'll have a, a long life together, we'll marry off our children, our grandchildren. Now when my oldest is 12, not when I'm getting ready to make my first bar mitzvah of four, not, not now, but I'm thankful for all these little things. I'm thankful that my kids are happy. I'm thankful that I have an incredible support system. I'm thankful that I'm able to get up every day and get dressed. I'm thankful for those things. Those are major, you know? So you look at like those little little, t- like little things in your life and be thankful for that. When David was, when it was a few weeks, a few weeks into Maishi passing, I would go into my boys' rooms every night and I would say, listen, I know this is really hard. I need you to think of three things today that made you grateful for today. Whatever they are. It could be playing a great game at recess. It could be going out for Shabbos. It could be going to a Mets game. Whatever you want it to be, three things. Those are pretty great things. <laughs> they got thrown Mets tickets every, I can every imagine. single week. They was so. inundated with Mets. Inundated with Mets tickets. It was, yes. But listen, they're kids and they needed to feel that love and you know, care because there was such a huge chunk of their life taken away from them. So So you forced them to articulate what they felt yeah. appreciative for. Yeah, just being grateful for, for whatever whatever they what they could choose whatever it was. So that's really the key. It comes down to gratefulness. Always. Oh of course. in difficult times and in happy times. Absolutely. And when I say this to people that go through this, I go to ship houses and I'll talk to them and I'll tell them like my little what I consider my key to survival 
they'll look at me like I'm crazy when I say, do that grateful thing. Do it with your kids. You mean because when they're sitting there in they're the shiva, shiva. <laughs> they're, like, they're like, grateful. No, grateful. This is crappy. This is, this is terrible. And I'm right. like, no, no, no. Do it with your kids. Do it anyway. Yeah. Do it anyway. Yeah. I mean, people, people tend to wait for bad things to happen to appreciate the good things. And how often do you hear, especially moms, saying like, let's just say, for example, like my morning routine, it's so stressful. They don't want to wake up. and the, the, or, right. or the evening routine is so stressful because of the homework. And you're thinking... That that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. That normalcy that, that that one left his homework and that that one needs your help and that one's fighting with that one. That beautiful picture of normalcy, just breathe it in. Yeah, exactly. And when I write about that, I think that I mean I, I get you know I get DMs from it on Instagram. I get emails. I get I get handwritten letters from people that don't go on social media, mm-hmm. which I love more than ever. Yeah. Because they're older and whatever. Um, and a lot of them say to me. Thank you so much for pointing out all the blessings I have in my life that I don't even recognize because I see what you deal with. And I'm not saying that like I I feel for you, but I should be so much more in tune to what I have. I can't imagine what it's like to wake up in the morning and see that there's nobody there. I don't have a husband anymore. And I I do have a husband and I should pay more attention and I should be more appreciate that he's with me rather than finding all the things I don't like about him or the things I resent about him and fighting with him. So thank you for letting (sighs) me be a better wife and a better mother. Wow. That's unbelievable that people are writing you letters like that. It's amazing. Listen, Malky, I mean, I, I honestly, I'm so amazed. I'm so impressed. And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to make it sound like you're the only person that experiences difficulty. And by far, we know that people go through all kinds of things. All you have to do is turn on the TV to hear the tragedies that go on all sure. the time. But sitting here with you, it reminds me of how fleeting life is and that we don't have control and that we just have to take each and every moment and each and every day, even though there are daggers thrown at us, and those aren't imaginary, right? We have real Absolutely struggle. Not. People yeah, have real sure. struggle. Nobody's saying to be in denial. Nobody's saying that you're not allowed to complain and fetch. But the truth is, is that we really do need to just focus on that level of appreciation because that's what's going to make us appreciate the good times and that's what's going to make us persevere and get through the, the hard times. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's really something that I just posted something this morning on my Instagram before this conversation happened. I yeah. did it this morning. I'm going to show it to you after that talks just about what we just said yeah so i might have had like a psychic moment this morning <laughs> i think i think i was having some psych psychic feelings it was so amazing to sit here with you Thank i you. appreciate you so much sharing your story i know it's not easy to talk about i know that the one year mark is coming up yeah how does that make you feel when you think about oh that? god oh yeah. <sighs> is it like where has a year gone it, a lot you know what it's funny how you know, sometimes in a day you can think it's been the longest day. And then, like, you know, your baby will turn one. You'll be like, oh, my God, where'd the time go? Yeah. Or it could be the opposite. It could be like, oh, my God, that was the longest year of my life. Yes. And sometimes it can actually happen. In t- it can be both at the same time. Mm-hmm. And that is, that's the miracle of life, I guess, yes. right? Yes, Where yeah. you're like, it's Shabbos already, but then yet, you it, know, it, it, it seems to have taken yes. forever. It's yes. like it both. It's yeah. both. It, right. it, it, it's both in the same thing. And you think to yourself, has that possible? It was like a but, blink. Yes. But yeah, yet, it's, it's been a year. It's been a year. And, and, and so much in a year. Uh, a journey of discovering myself as uh, somebody I never wanted to be, a mm-hmm. single mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, of being, you know, 
fully in charge of my kids. And, you know, even though I was the one here all the time because my she was more of a, you know, he, he was in, at work, I knew that he was always here, here. And from the way you've described him in all the articles I read, he was a very, very hands-on, oh helpful. Oh, my God. I mean, very helpful. Super, let's super be duper. Let's be real. That's unusual. He was incredible. Right. He was incredible, which right. in my article this week makes it even harder. You said, and you said, you know that many husbands are probably not like that, but in no. a sense, that did make it harder to have a loss because he really helped you. Yeah, he really did help me. And so, yeah, you feel it even more when... You don't have that help anymore, that mm -hmm. support. So it's been a, a journey that I feel like in a way happened yesterday. But at the same time, I feel like I feel like as every day goes by and we like move in, like, like we move through it um, every day, every night that like, my kids are sleeping. And by the way, that's something I never took for granted either. I, I'd have friends who were widowers and widows and they'd ask me, how's the sleep situation? And I'd say, they sleep soundly. And then they say, then you're doing something right. Hmm. If your kids are able to sleep soundly and they don't get the middle of the night, come to your bed and start crying for Tati, then you're doing something That's right. That's actually amazing that they don't. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So at the end of the day, when they sleep and I go back to bed and I think to myself, you got through another day because that's really what it was in the beginning. It was literally minute to minute and then it was hour to hour and then it just increased day to day. So every day that I get through this and I move through this grief and it evolves into like, I could do this. I got this. Mm -hmm. It's just like another notch on my belt and I feel like, okay, this is really hard and I never would want to do this, but I'm doing it. I'm getting it done. And learning things about yourself yes. that you wouldn't have known otherwise? Never. You're discovering a whole new Malky. Absolutely. Everything. Like, so many different parts of my personality and the writing and all these, like I said, little different blessings in my life that I never would have discovered. And why did it have to be a result of such tragedy? But it did. Mm -hmm. It was going to happen anyway. I had many different ways to, like, react to this. It didn't have to be this. It didn't have to be, have me be you know, turning to writing or... <laughs> social media or, you know, having new friends that, like, I've accepted as, you know, people that, like, Part help of your me every day. Circle. Yes. But I decided to, you know, have this be part of my healing, and it's been incredible. So there's blessings in every, in everything, even the things that you would never think. But you have to choose to see them. Absolutely. And you can't get caught up in the anguish no. or in the self-pity. No. Or in the, like you said before, you cannot question God. Absolutely not. Because you're not going to get the answers. You're not going to get the answers. <laughs> you're not going to get the answers. No. So it's acceptance. And faith. And, and faith. Yeah. And knowing that God loves you. Absolutely. And if God loves me, he's not looking to hurt me. Absolutely not. Even though this is painful. Right. Kid in the corner. Right. Right? Yep. Absolutely. Wow. I, I've never felt so... Not ready to end the podcast because I think I could sit <laughs> here be with a part you. Two. No, there will. No, there will because we're getting sushi. But also because I love you and I love thank talking you. to you. So thank you for sharing thank your story. You so much for having I me. hope that everyone listening, I can't imagine who wouldn't be inspired. Start appreciating every minute. I always end every podcast where I say life is a ride. So it's time to start enjoying the ups and the downs equally, right. and everything in between. So until next time, thank you for tuning in. This is the good sign. Donna Simintov, wishing you an amazing week. And Malki, thank you again. Thank you so much for having me.